I'm Erin. And I'm Allie. Every day I think it's going to be a good day. And then I read the news. And I'm not your fucking friend. And And we hate everything. My two dots won't stop doing two dotsing. All right, now it's done. You know, and you're like on a roll and it's like, let me get all your fucking things together. Sadly, I do know. You do know. We I are a two know. dots household. This is a two dots house. Hi, haters. Hi, haters and Erin. And Allie. Hi. Hi. We're here. We're here. Oh, man. It's a holiday today. All of my body is tired. On the day that we are recording. I did not work out for the entire four-day weekend. I ate like trash, and I've consumed uh, three different types of alcohol, I think, per day. Oh, well, that's exciting. How have you been? Um, I've been good. I did also partake in some alcohol, a little bit of day drinking yesterday for the first time in a very uh, long time. Day drinking's fun. Yeah, I mean, unless you have chronic migraines, in which case it's not very fun. Oh, I bet it's also kind of not fun that alcohol is also dehydrating and we live in a tropical climate. Yeah, there's that. But uh, like the sun is a thing, you know, I figured by yesterday I was like, "Eh, I've had a headache for eight days straight. (laughs) How much worse could it get? (laughs) It can. It didn't. It It didn't? It was same. Just bad. Just normal bad. Good for Um, you. So it was worth it. Hashtag worth it. it. Um, I don't even know who should ask. What well, it's technically my turn, so ask me. What are we drinking? Oh my goodness. Um, I am drinking a Tanqueray G&T garnished with house lemons. What are you drinking, Aaron? I am drinking a Cotswold gin. I guess it's a martini. martini. Yeah. Well, it's not exactly a martini because I made it with Cokie Americano. What's that mean? It's a different kind of, I guess it's technically like a fortified wine, like a liqueur. Okay. It's not vermouth. Um, So it's kind of like a Vesper, except I don't like vodka, so I just made it with all gin. But this is a special gin from the Cotswolds that my parents got in England, and you can't even buy it in the U.S. You can't? No, it's very fancy. That's um, so interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like a grapefruity gin. It's not like super piney, nor is it like, it's a little floral, then a little citrusy. Yeah. It's quite delicious. It is really and good. I, I tried really yours. Good. Allie cheated this week. I did. I was Real like, hard, because I actually procured both of these bottles of gin for our household. You did, and I was like, I could co-buy something, or we could drink stuff that's already in the house, and Aaron was like, I have gin, and then that's what we did. I was like, just come home. Just come <laughs> home, and let's drink gin. And I was like, okay. I was like at Dodger Stadium, like walking through Elysian Park in the darkness, trying to find Sunset Boulevard. It was a trip, um, but the Dodgers won. Um, and I have, I have an apron. Um, I sat in the bleachers um, out in the outfield. The and bleacher. like I've never sat out there. I've, I genuinely feared for my life because like there were, you know, balls flying towards us. And everyone's like, I want to catch a ball. And I'm like, I don't want to get hit in the eye socket. And like I would duck and cover because I am not a good um, catcher. Yeah, no, that sounds kind of terrifying. Yeah, and honest. I'm like trying to eat my Dodgers dog in peace, and um, I can't because I I have all the anxiety, but it's fine. I lived. 
I am not bruised. You are not bruised. You did not come home with a black eye from a baseball. But you know what? I really thought I would have. I thought like this would be my epitaph that just like Allie concussed herself to death at a Dodgers game <laughs> with like like gripping a half warm, you know, Bud Light. What a way to go. <laughs> Here lies Allie. Here lies Allie. She left the world just as she came into it. <laughs> Begrudgingly dragged into the sports. <laughs> Hey, squirrel friend. What up? Hi. Oh, God. <laughs> Guys, That's we're going to do this entire podcast sound. as squirrels. As squirrels. We're uh, going to gather nuts. Because it's, it's summertime. Everyone would hate us. We were just like... <laughs> um, but I, I truly do feel like this week was just like a shit clusterfuck. So what do you hate especially this week? I hate... This article about the 1,500 missing kids. Yeah. So if anybody's been living under a rock, there is an article that's resurfaced. It's actually from April um, about how basically HHS, so Health and Human Service, Department of Health and Human Services, has lost 1,500 immigrant children. Mm-hmm. I hate a couple things about this article. First of all, I do hate that it is misleading mm-hmm. or I don't even think the article itself was written in a misleading way, but people have just been kind of like going a little nuts on Twitter yeah, and like with hashtags like, where are the children? And not fully understanding the situation. It doesn't help that the Trump administration has recently come out with all these inhumane policies that they're about to start enacting that are uh, designed to rip families apart and separate children from their parents. So that's kind of been in the news and in the zeitgeist. And then you have this article kind of resurfacing around the same time as I think there's like a missing children's day that happened concurrently with this all coming back into the limelight. Right. So here are the things that people are kind of getting wrong. These 1,500 missing children were not separated from their families at the border. These were unaccompanied minors, mostly coming from Central America. So under... Sorry, I almost said it in the the Spanish way, which would have been like really annoying. Yes, it would have. Um, Thank you for catching Honduras, El Salvador... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and um, other uh, Central American countries. Yeah. So uh, the, that's the bulk of the unaccompanied minors that are like coming up right now. And, you know, they come through Mexico, mm-hmm. but they're coming from Central America. And um, basically, when we say they're missing, what that means is HHS has followed up with like a phone call and couldn't get a hold of anybody. After like one phone call. Yeah. So this is about 20% of the kids total that they had in this period of time Mm -hmm. um, that when they made a phone call, they couldn't follow up now because these unaccompanied minors like join up with a household. Yes. And if the household doesn't pick up the call. Yes. Where are the children? Right. And so they have a U.S. sponsor. So that in most cases is a family member. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these kids get reunited with family members. Some of them are even like with their parents. Yeah. And there are a number of reasons that these family members might not want to pick up the phone when the government calls. Just for a couple of reasons. Yeah. Like if anyone in the family is undocumented, They might be a little bit afraid of ICE or even if they're not undocumented, even if they are, you know, legally 
living in this country, yeah, they still might be a little bit afraid of ice and the current climate. Right. Like, we could just think the general nation state and especially law enforcement and government officials are just a blanket of evil. And rightfully so, you know? Like, this I is mean, not unwarranted. When you're hearing stories every day about other immigrants who are being deported that have you know no criminal record or that, that had a green card forever. or not been citizens but like people no, who I have been like, like you know someone who like has a family like was a citizen went to mexico to like renew their visa and then mexico well was like no if if you have to renew your visa you're not a citizen okay fine. but whatever had a green card and but like, like was here forever, was here legally yeah um so if you're hearing stories like that like even if you're here legally you might not want to talk to a government agency that's asking about your immigrant child. I meant to say legal. I said citizen. Thank you for saying legal. <laughs> I was like, I think I said a similar thing. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Same. I'm so tired. Same, Continue. same. Same, same. same. Um, so I understand the criticism of the people who are out there on Twitter being like, stop retweeting this article. However, I still think that there is... There is something that we all need to look at and take away from this situation. Because what this kind of all brought up for me is doing a little bit more research and digging in. And essentially, nothing has changed since 2016 when HHS was ordered to review and revise their practices after they literally handed over immigrant children to traffickers. So... They gave children to human traffickers mm -hmm. in the United States. Because they got, like, no fucking cares about checking these people. Yeah. That happened. Yeah. That happened here. These kids ended up in, like, an egg farm in Ohio. Like, slave labor. Mm -hmm. So there's that. No one communicates with local schools or local authorities. So wherever these kids are, whether they're with family or whether they're with human traffickers, they could be being kept at home and abused and mistreated and nobody's checking up on them. You know, nobody at the school that they should be enrolled in knows that they're supposed to be enrolled in the school and should be showing up every day. Nobody is, you know, with child services knowing that these kids even exist. It's like an extreme amount of government neglect. They're completely falling through the cracks. And the, the biggest issue that this brings up for me is, y'all know HHS is about to get a hell of a lot more unaccompanied minors mm -hmm. because that's what they're doing at the border. That is what the Trump administration has been telling their, you know, border security that that's the plan. The plan is, and it is the plan to deter people from coming to the U.S., which, by the way, it doesn't work if you've looked at any kind of data or statistics. People want to be in America. Actually, we'll doesn't be in work. America. Um, also, people who are fleeing literal death will do it regardless of whether you're going to yeah. separate their families. But that's what they're going to do. They're going to separate the families at the border. The parents are about, are going to go into the federal criminal court system, which has not been the case in the past. They've allowed a lot. Of, they've given the judges discretion whether to keep the cases in immigration court where the families can stay together and like be at immigration detention centers or in the federal court, which is like the like bad, bad, right, right, big, right. big criminal court system. Right. 
And so they're basically saying, no, we're going to try everyone as a criminal. And when they what? take these kids, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. And when they take these kids, what they're going to do or what they are doing is essentially they're they're relabeling them. They become relabeled unaccompanied minors because their parents Got it. are in jail, essentially. Right. Awaiting whatever their criminal trial is yeah. in the U.S. rather than awaiting an immigration hearing where they can all stay together. And as John Kelly puts it, we're going to put these children into foster care or whatever. What the fuck, John Kelly? I'm not even going to get into the fact that the foster care system is weird and fucked up and like needs some tweaking foster care or whatever. Or whatever. Or whatever. It's the or whatever. Let's just declare our general apathy for the care of children. I don't give a fuck. Fuck. I don't give an entire fuck how you feel about immigration, illegal immigration, undocumented fucking U.S. citizens. I don't give an entire fuck. You being deliberately negligent when it comes to the livelihood and welfare of children is straight up criminal and fucking evil across the board. How fucking dare you? Well, here's the thing about John Kelly. Everybody talks about him like he's the adult in the room and he's the one who's like, oh, he's the sane one in the room. Because However, we're looking for the literal bare minimum of competency when it comes to the Trump administration. However, John Kelly has a history of being a hardline, just completely devoid of human empathy prick when it comes to immigration. I think this is just like a pattern throughout the White House. I mean, it definitely is, and it's not an accident. I That's really why love those that people are there. Of like Ivanka with her son being like, "This is my whole heart," and everyone's like, "What the fuck is the White House doing to children right now?" And you're gonna post that, bitch, bitch, bitch. Read the room, bitch. Yeah. So they have, and John Kelly and and uh, what's his fuck, <sighs> a little Alabama boy. Oh, oh, Jeff Sessions? Jeff Sessions. They are openly admitting that they're using family separation as a deterrent. Of course, then Kristen Nielsen, Kirsten, Kristen, whatever. I hate it when people have that name. Goes before the Senate and is talking to Kamala Harris and is like, uh, won't answer that question and won't even say whether it's being used as a deterrent. And it's like, bitch, we all know because your boys have been saying it in public. They've been saying it in public, but when she's in front of Kamala Harris, she's not going to say it to her face, right? She's going to couch everything. So anyway, they're using it as a deterrent. They're separating asylum seekers from their children. And there's a whole issue right now with asylum seekers who are being lumped in with other undocumented people who are crossing the border. And there are there are whispers that asylum seekers are being turned away at ports of entry where they are supposed to present themselves to be asylum seekers and that essentially they're getting turned away there and so they're going to other random border crossings. Um, there's also the fact that someone who's coming here fleeing violence and persecution might not know exactly which ports of entry they're supposed to go to to officially present themselves. So in the past, we've had some degree of leniency for people in this situation, but now no longer not anymore. And so we're separating people who are literally fleeing violence from their children. Children are as young as a year, 
53 weeks old are appearing in court by themselves as unaccompanied minors. So things are taking a turn for the worse. No one cares about children. If you talk to any, any child welfare advocates, they will tell you that there are long-term health and psychological problems that are based on this kind of trauma. Like you cannot experience yeah. this kind of trauma at a young age and think that it just doesn't affect a and child. And just to clarify, let me talk about two-year-olds for a second. They're starting to say sentences for the first time. Uh, food is a brand new adventure. Um, what else about two-year-olds? Well, think about a one-year-old. They just learned how to walk. A one-year-old is probably still breastfeeding. Yeah. It's so fucked up. But here's something from the New England Journal of Medicine about children being separated from their parents. Uh, for children who experience serious traumas, parents provide an essential protective shield and help children regulate their emotions and reestablish a sense of safety, which affects their stress response system, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, and their growth, health, and well-being. Conversely, if children are unnecessarily and traumatically removed from their parents, their physical and mental health and well-being will suffer. The effects of traumatic experiences, especially in children who have already faced serious adversity, like, oh, I don't know, fleeing a country that is overrun with violent criminals who are literally trying to kill your entire family, Just I don't know, something like that, are unlikely to be short-lived. Cumulative adversity can last a lifetime, even increasing the risk of early death. Okay. So this is a death Great. sentence. Great. Amazing. Well, it's children. a death sentence or it's just like a nail in the coffin for anyone's mental health. And then like, wouldn't you know, I bet you dollars to donuts 20 years later, everyone's going to be like, oh, the immigrants from the Trump administration are just like violent and icky. And I'm like, bitch, you made them that way. You asshole. Yeah. On purpose for this exact reason. So we can keep perpetuating this thing about how like immigrants are violent and like everybody sucks. And I also want to bring up one thing that uh, our illustrious leader, DJT, tweeted this weekend. Put pressure on the Democrats to end the horrible law that separates children from their, their spelled T-H-E-R-E, by the way, parents once they cross the border into the U.S. Catch and release lottery and chain must go also go with it, and we must continue building the wall. Democrats are protecting MS-13 thugs. Okay, great. So... It was so all over the place. It was so many things. But let's just take the first part. Democrats and horrible law separating children from their parents once they cross the border into the U.S. First of all, there is no such law. There literally is no such law. Secondly, Democrats would never vote for such a law. The only thing, that, the thing he is talking about is a policy enacted by his administration. And he's turning around and putting it on Democrats. And I think what he really means, what he really means is, I'm going to use these kids as a bargaining chip the same way he did the DACA kids. He's basically trying to hold Democrats hostage and saying, well, if you would end, if you would give me an immigration, if you would vote with me on an immigration bill that essentially ended all immigration, legal and otherwise, then... I'll stop separating children from their families. It's Therefore, it's your fault that I'm separating children from their families. I feel like it's a hostage situation. It is 100% you know a hostage situation. You know what I mean? Situation. That part in the movie where the hero gets like held at gunpoint and they're like, do this or they die. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. And, and you know what? It's not it the children. only time it's happened. 
They're doing it with children. They're doing it with children. It makes me so angry. And today, we have a I'm history so of doing this with black and brown people, but it's happening today still. I will never get over the like people thinking we live in a post-racial whatever. Like it, it's it's happening today. Like we're not evolved. Are you fucking kidding? We voted for Donald Trump and it's happening today. And he's literally calling uh, Latino people animals. Animals. And they're treating them like animals. Putting them in literal cages. Literal cages. I fucking hate it. Not prison cells. Those are designed for humans. Uh, we're talking about cages like you would see at the pound for large breed dogs. Fuck this. Well, now that we're really fucking sad Ooh. from thinking about literal children. Yeah. Being alone in a terrifying country where they don't speak the language. Yep. Uh, or, with, you know, with, any with language no parents, because they're you know actually I mean? children. Yeah. Some of whom probably don't even talk yet. They're learning language. Uh, Allie, what do you hate? Uh, I, you know what? Everything compared to that feels so fucking trivial. That's kind of nice, though, right? That's part of why we do this. Yeah. I what do you like hate? This isn't trivial, though. This really That's fucked me up. some real shit. This really fucked me up. Um, I hate my PTSD symptoms. Mm. Cool. We've been through this. I have depression. My meds give me anxiety as well. Turns out if you run into your childhood bully, um, you will go through a PTSD episode while at brunch with your friends. Awkward. (laughs) Which is just the fucking worst. You know what I mean? Because let's, like, rewind. Among a host of shit that happened to me as a child, I was routinely tortured by this one person from fifth through eighth grade. It got particularly bad at eighth grade. It would be, like, spotted incidents. um, And, like, when it got bad, I would tell my parents. And, like, they would call, like... I'm not talking about someone who was mean to me. Plenty of people were mean to me. You know what I mean? This was someone who deliberately picked on and made my life fundamentally unlivable for approximately four years. So this person, like, like I don't know how else to say it other than that. My father, who is not a present parent knows this person by their first and last name because he has had to call a teacher about him. Um, so that that's where we're at. So so this person is in the industry, doesn't think, and like d- has apparently no memory of anything ever happening between us, comes up and shakes my hand in the middle of brunch. It was weird. So let me walk you through the shitstorm of what happens. Um, hypothetical me has jokingly said if I ever if I am ever to run into this person again I would probably throw a drink in their face like my friends cast his project sometimes um we are within the same industry like I I've I've foreseen myself running into this person um turns out when you are in the middle of a PTSD episode you cannot do that um everything kind of vacuumed out from around me 
and it was this weird insular like tin can kind of situation where I felt like nothing could ever extend beyond a certain like cylinder around me. I felt instantly 11 years old again um, and I could not shake it until um, maybe later on this afternoon. So that was like a full 30 hours, I would say. Um, it was a weird, 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 weird head trip. Everyone's like, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, no, like I need, I need a minute, but like I'll manage, I'll manage fine. Um, and I'll get into that later, but I don't know because in therapy, like I've forgiven this person for what they've done. What they did to me is kind of inconsequential because essentially what like we're talking about is like a children, a child, like doing something to another child. We are now adults. I forgive him for whatever happened. We are children. Whatever. The fact that like seeing this person can instantly cause my body to do something that is beyond my control, that I have no way of managing, that like you can't really take, like I tried to take my anxiety meds and like it kept me up all night. Like there's no form of meditation or whatever. It just is beyond my reprove to like rein it in. And it's, he has no meaning to me other than this is what happened in the past. But like even just, just having to interact with him and shake his hand really fucked with my brain and my mental headspace and my emotions. And I could not shake it. Now, my friends were like, maybe you should have a conversation with him. I find that like, like it could be healing, whatever, because like, I don't know if they have particular PTSD episodes when it comes to anything where like, we don't really talk about that stuff, but it's not like I have feelings towards this person or about the event or whatever. I cannot be in a room with that person. And that's wild. Yeah. It's wild. I was a kid and my brain is wired in a way that tells me that that person is poison and I should be as small as I can so I don't get fucking like demolished. And no matter like if he's gone or whatever and it's only like a 30 second incident, it does not matter. It takes me a while to come out of that. As an adult who has processed this and forgiven this person and like just excavated their fucking psyche over the course of maybe a year, two years, whatever. It sucks and it's humiliating and it happened in public and I have no control and that sucks. And I'm not saying PTSD to be dramatic or to minimalize people who, you know, experience rape or war or being separated from their parents. Um, I, I am using the word trauma because it is traumatic. I say this with mental illness too. Like, you know, if you have stage one cancer and you can like get the lump out or like if you have stage five and you're going to die, cool. It's still cancer. Yeah. It's still bad. Um, some people have it worse than others. Um, I'm genuinely lucky to like only have it this much of like, this is the lot I have in life. Um, 
Well, you can have PTSD from a number of different yeah. situations. I like, feel you like don't I'm have saying this because I judge my, I'm judging myself for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it feels weird, but I like there's no other word or way to describe it other than that. Like a professional has like used that word back at me. Yeah. The, it's a clinical definition. Right. It, there's there's no value clinically. There's no value ascribed to whether your PTSD came from a, a terrifying boss or a terrifying parent or a a literal bomb or an blowing ex up next or to you, like you know? neglect or whatever whatever um and then i i messaged my friends i was like this person doesn't know and like why would they know this person suffered zero consequences as a child and i don't think anyone ever told them um and i don't think you had a conscience at that point to be like this is wrong he was like why was that awkward and they were like well you were really shitty to Allie as a kid so like that's why we like needed to get you out of there he was like, oh, my God, I feel so bad. And that's when the whole apology thing, like, came into play. And I was like, oh, God, fuck, fuck, fuck. And I'm, like, trying to process, like, how do I handle this situation while in the middle of a PTSD episode? And, like, I just come from, like, taking care of kids. Like, I'm high-functioning within my own mental whatever. But I was like, oh, this is just, like, another thing. Um, I'm not – I don't care about an apology or connecting or whatever because that will be fundamentally – uh, traumatic for me even though it will be healing for him and it is a selfish move and um that is a correct statement i am only thinking of myself and i'm allowed to yeah um because dealing with this shit is enough of a hellscape and i'm done extending my like the the surplus of kindness and energy towards people who are toxic to me even though I'm sure we're all fine and like we're okay adults but um my brain thinks you're a poison um and I can't be around you well it's I mean I already told you this but I'm going to tell it to you again in front of our listeners okay <laughs> as the injured party in the situation it is your right to determine the level of contact. It's, I think it's the same as like when you break up with someone. The person who gets broken up with is the one who gets to decide whether you never speak to each other again, whether you're friends on Facebook, whether you hang out every other Tuesday. It's up to them. Mm-hmm. It, if you are the one who has done the hurting in the situation, you have no choice but to accept what the person you've hurt wants. Yeah. That's all you have the right to do. Now, you can offer an apology and you can say, I'd like to make it up to you. I'd like to make amends. But if that person says, no, thank you, I'd like to never see you again, that is 100% their right. And that is your right in this situation. Yeah. It's also really triggering because, like, in the past, I was like, leave me alone. And they were like, no. So I'm just anticipating a lot of that again. I don't know. I've had, like, a thousand anxiety dreams about, like, people getting into fights with me about, like, how I'm handling the situation. It's fun. PTSD is great. Therapy's lit. Super fun. Really great. Um, so I'm really tired for um, not sleep reasons. Actually, for sleep reasons. I couldn't sleep last night. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. I'm so shocked. I was, my body, all of my body was hot, but like I couldn't get settled. And then I slept through my alarm. Guys, 
The symptoms are just wide ranging. It's just happening all over your body. Oh boy. Brains are wild. Brains are wild. Trauma is wild. Um, also tell bullies that they're bullies while they're well while it's happening because yeah. it gives people a chance to evolve. Totally, it's really awkward when someone doesn't know they were an asshole twenty years ago. You know, <laughs> you know, especially when it continued for four years, and then yeah. like the latter end of the four years was like literally every single day. Like that's pretty awkward that no adult ever said, "Hey, really guess weird, what? you're being a shit right now." On that note. A big hearty fuck you to Hillside Intermediate in Bridgewater, New Jersey, and a big extra super duper scoop of go fuck yourself to Bridgewater Raritan Middle School. Fuck you. Fuck you entirely. There were meetings about what had happened to me and nobody stepped in. Fuck all of you negligent ass adults. Big me hates you. Yeah, because those adults did not do a service to either of the children in that situation. One child was being attacked every day and another child had no idea that what they were doing was wrong. It fucked up my brain in a way that affects me 20 years later, you lazy assholes. Ale, hey. we're going to just keep it rolling with you, girl. We're going to keep it rolling. We're going to stay on topic, actually. Let's stay on topic. What do you love? What do you not hate? What do you I love? What do you love not hate? I hate to say it, but I love, like, preteen me. <laughs> okay. She's a tough little bitch. All right. Um, I, And it's weird because, like, you look at a picture of me from then, and I am just, like, lumpy, and I have bad hair and braces and glasses and, like, I wouldn't think anything of me, you know, but the first time that person like really targeted me in a way, one happened like in fifth grade in front of the aftercare teachers who were talking amongst themselves like 10 feet away from us. It was weird. They can definitely hear us. But this person was insulting, like like getting at me like near the monkey bars and like wouldn't let up. And, um, like pre black belt preteen me just like kicked him the fuck in the kneecaps. And that was really cool. And then through middle school, let's just talk about how, like on top of getting targeted, um, my parents got divorced, nine 11 happened. Um, not very good for you if you're an Arab teenager in New Jersey. I was getting physically and emotionally abused by a primary caregiver um and i was not suicidal good job i was depressed for sure um i when when you think about like what probably should have happened and who i probably should be i did really good yeah uh Little me's a tough bitch. Yeah. She got through a lot and went to school every day when it sucked. Um, and that's insane. That's insane. Now, I know a lot of, like, my weird, um, 
like not healthy behaviors I have as an adult, like not asking for help or um, like being too independent, um, I know comes from this. And that's fine. Like I needed to survive because of that. And it like feels in a way to me that like now as an adult, I feel confident that I can do whatever I want. Because I can just like, whatever I want to do, like, I'll figure it out. Nothing's really impossible. I've handled a lot without any adult supervision. While looking ugly and weird and having like maybe four friends who didn't know anything about what was happening. That's nuts. My mom was like, this person tried to, like, get, like really keep you down, and he didn't. So, like, yeah, you're going through some trauma, but, like, good for you for surviving. I'm great. A lot of my work centers around race and identity and being silenced and being overlooked. And I, that, this, the, the, that formative experience really, like gave me a lot of like the content I have now and that's not to say like I hate connecting like the bullshit in your life to like the art that you make because I don't believe that they like they're like always necessarily needs to be a link but it gave me a like a root in my like and it like in like a deep place in me that like no matter what the like the this the story is like it comes from a place that is like weird and specific and I think it translates well. And it's part of what makes my work successful. Um, and there's just like so many reasons I like should have probably like tried to kill myself. And I didn't. I didn't even think about it. I was like, I'm going to get out and it's going to be okay. I didn't have any like idea of what that meant, but I was like. This isn't forever. And yeah, I might like run into this person and like it could like make me 11 again. But like I was reminded by that, that like 11 year old me is a lot tougher than I am now. Um, and just like figuring that out, they were like. I was figuring out what I wanted to do and like the part in me that was still 11 was just like no this person's not our friend why are we trying to be friends with them like stop and I was like oh okay and then I immediately felt better it wasn't all the way off but I was like okay the anxiety part is like gone because I'm not worried yeah <sighs> it's Brains are nuts. I'm, I know I'm 29, but I'm still 11, and I'm still all these different people I've been. So little me is fucking cool. She's a fucking weirdo, but she's a tough bitch. She knows karate. And she's not really, like, concerned with, like, telling people, like, when and where and exactly how they can fuck off. Yeah. She's still in there. She just has better hair now. She actually has the same haircut. It just like is better now. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's why I didn't want to cut my hair. I was like, it's going to look so bad. It's because I stopped brushing it. You know what? That's how it is. That's because people, idiots, all of them. Tell us when we're little girls that we need to brush our hair. Like ended. And I was like, I got better hair as soon as this person left my life. Yeah. But yeah, stop telling girls with like not straight hair to brush it constantly. It yes. wrecks the wave. Stop brushing little girls' hair. Is the thesis of this segment. That's really what we're trying to it's say out here. It's getting bullied. That's what we're out here for. <laughs> if you learn one thing from this podcast, don't brush your little girls' Throw curly your hair. Throw out your goddamn hairbrush. Or like don't get like a traditional hairbrush. Get like a get get a hairbrush that's like designed for curly hair to like detangle yes. it and then like d- like a wide tooth situation. Yes. Um that's my two cents. Um and if a child is being an asshole, tell them stop. Yeah. Well, good for you for being a fucking survivor. Thank you, it's a long road. So, Erin, you know how I was just like, I can't talk about the thing I hate. It feels trivial. Yeah. I firmly encourage you to be as, li- as like, pithy and, like, stupid or whatever. I think I'm going to be like, the opposite of pithy. No, Erin, the <laughs> mood needs to be lightened. We are counting on you. I know. I'm like, we just had such a heavy. It's <sighs> been. Moment. Hellacious. Oh, God. Up in this bitch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. Great. Hey, girl. Hey. What do you not hate? What do you hate to say that you love? I hate to say it. Okay. I love casting these old dudes for my short film are you just like getting drunk off of power being on the other sides of on the other side of breakdowns express i am so drunk on the power it feels so good it's delicious isn't it's it? delicious it's, it's like drugs i've learned so much first of all um but man i mean okay so there are a number of things that are really fun about this yeah. number one is that because of the role we're casting i'm sorry i didn't mean to say old dudes they're not old these guys are full of life they just Many need to be them, like older than Aaron. yeah they need to look like they're old enough to be my dad which is hilarious because like i would say about a quarter of them i'm like okay you're 35 why are you even submitting for this right how old do you think you are or how old are your headshots is another question. Mm, is a question. Um, but for the most part, these, these guys are like, I'm like, man, like some of these guys, I'm like, you are twice my age and twice as athletic as me. Like, Which is a thing. Yeah, for sure. A thing. Um, it's been really fun. I get to like just scroll through. It's it's fun because they're so different from me too, I think. Like, I don't know how I would feel about casting. Uh, you know, if I put out a casting call for a, 30 year old funny bitch mm-hmm. I don't know how that would feel you'd come to their materials with a like opinion that's already been established because it's like the opinion you have of like the standard you hold yourself to right but with these guys I get to just like scroll through them and it's so fun and yeah. like joyful and um so many of them are fucking bonkers good mm-hmm. and like to an extent where I'm like wow, you're submitting on my project? What? <laughs> oh, what? 
And some of them, like their reps have submitted them. And I'm like, this manager submitted this person on my film? Like, whoa. Whoa. And like, I know how it is because I've also submitted on lots of things. So like, I know some of these people are probably like not even going to do the self tape that we send them. And that's fine. But just like getting the submissions is pretty cool. Yeah. And seeing like the notes people write is pretty cool. And I'm not going to drag anyone here because that's not what this is about. This is my love. But if you want to hear me drag some people, like give me a call, shoot me a text. Um, I've got some funny things to say. Uh, people are funny. People are funny. Ayo. I want to see some of these people. I mean, you can, I'm about, about to go through a bunch of them right after this. So good. Um, it's really great. And it's really fun. Like going through, I, I think it's just fun. If you like actors and acting and if you've ever done it or liked it or watching it or care about it at all, it's fun to go through and just be like, oh, this person looks like this and when I look at their reel I see like this vibe from them and you're just like oh they're a really good actor but this is the vibe they have or oh they are so different on their reel than they look in their pictures like they're warmer or they're whatever or you know it's just it's been really fun and interesting what I'm also getting from that is just like as the casting person you are loving actors Oh, yeah. And that, like, we forget that as actors, casting people like it. They like us. Yeah. They like actors. They like the thing that we do and the stuff that we have. And, and there, the- are, there are people that are submitting on this that, well, also, like, y'all know I'm a big Broadway nerd. And there are people that are submitting on this that I'm like, oh, my God, you're like a Broadway for real, real person. Like, yeah. original cast chorus line. I'm like, I just want to talk to you about the people we know in common, like Michonne Peacock. I just want to talk about her all the time. Yeah, that's her real name. I love that. I I just lied to you. I don't know if that's her real name. That could very well be a stage name. How the fuck would I know? It's just a good name. It's just a good fucking name. I really have been enjoying it. And it's also fun just like looking at these, looking at these older guys, because a lot of them, it's kind of clear that some of them have come in and out of acting some of them are coming back to acting some of them this is clearly just something that they started fairly recently yeah and I just think that's really cool you know if you're like 65 and you're like oh yeah well I live in LA and like acting's my hobby like that's fucking awesome that's right or like oh I had a real job for a while but now I'm retired so I'm gonna be an actor again it reminds me of like Morgan Freeman, although he has sexually harassed women, um, started yeah. like actually genuinely started his career at 40. Yeah. You know, it's not too late. It's not too late for fucking anything. No. And you don't like, like your life fucking changing. You want to get a hobby? Cool. Yeah. Acting can totally be a hobby, too. I think we, as young people, as young people, we get caught up in this whole, like, this is my career and I need to be exactly this always, forever and ever. But when I look at this, I'm like, you know, some of these people that are submitting, like, they probably just go on and submit every day. And, like, that might be the extent of really what they do. And maybe they shoot a film on the weekend. And maybe if they get a TV job, they go shoot something during the week. But maybe this is really just... A hobby for them. Yeah. And I bet they work as much as the people who treat it like a career. For sure. 
But you know what? I bet they have more fun than the people who treat it like a career. Yeah. I mean, it is funny, too, though, because you definitely, when you're going through men's resumes and stuff, you do see, you're like, oh, every guy here has been on SWAT and Criminal Minds and, like, all these shows, all of them playing, like, the same, like, army lieutenant and cop and this guy. And I'm looking at some of these reels and I'm like, oh, like... There's no women on these shows. Or at least 10 right. years ago, there weren't, you know? Yeah. I think things are better now. It's but crazy. Especially looking at these guys that are a little bit older, that a lot of them might have credits that are, you know, from 10, 20 years ago. You're like, oh, yeah. I'm looking at white dudes who are white in their dudes 60s. Who are on, like, NYPD Blue. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's yeah. the demo we're casting. Yeah, that's the demo we're casting. And I, but it also is making me really excited to like to choose and to see like who we end up with and who we can get on set and yeah. I mean there are like I, what I, what's so encouraging is that there are a number of people that I'm like I'd book you off tape today. So, AO. AO. But then there are other people that I'm really excited to see them read the sides. Fucking casting is fun. Casting's fun. Yo, queen. We survived. Ooh, boy. We survived a podcast. Ooh. We survived our lives up until this point. That's yep. 30 years for me. Yep. Uh, 29 for I was you. 29. Um, I did think I was going to die from a fly ball today, though. Yeah. Well, that's real. That's yeah, a legitimate that's, fear. That's real. I'm still, like, a little bit... <laughs> The last, like, symptom to leave my system is always just, like, this disassociation thing. So I'm still a little bit like, oh, that's my hand. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it also doesn't help that I've been drinking. Um, Copious amounts. Good days and days. Hey. hey. I had tequila at Alex's. I had beer at the baseball game. Now I am drinking gin. All of the gin. All of the gin. How are you feeling? I feel good. And also very hot. Yeah. It's fucking hot as balls in here. Okay, so it wasn't just like my anxiety no. that was making me hot last It wasn't night. your anxiety. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't your anxiety at all, but sure I was also help. incredibly hot last night and could not, had a little bit of a hard time going to sleep because I can't sleep in the heat either. Got it. That's interesting. Yeah. Do we have a rage cage today? No. What? No. No cassette tape slipped under your door? No one slipped any tapes under my door. Although or that's like my now my number one um, preferred method. No one slid into our DMs? No one slid into our DMs. Motherfuckers. Hey, y'all. Y'all suck. Slide into our DMs. I didn't mean to shame you. That uh, was but rude. we would love to hear your opinions. We want to hear your opinions about um, anything. We everything. know we should ask you directly, but you know what? we have jobs and projects and deadlines. It just keeps happening that we just, just keep getting to Monday and we're like, oh, we should have reminded people. Until we are podcasting for money. So until then, please help us out with this segment. We made it for you because everyone's like, hey, how can I be a guest on your podcast? And we made it possible and none of y'all followed through. That's right, bitches. Get on the show. I don't know. Be famous. Also, share our podcast with a friend if you think they might enjoy it. Yeah. Share us with your most feminist, liberal, <laughs> hatred-filled friend. Share this episode with your therapist or my therapist. Yeah. 
Share it with Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan the therapist. If you know, actually, you know what? If you know anyone named Ryan, just share this episode <laughs> with them. Hey, Ryan. Hi. Thanks for listening. Thanks, dude. Hopefully, you were gifted this episode by a friend who gave it to you with no context and no explanation. Yeah, and then Ryan. And they said, listen to the end. And now we're It'll be worth you. it. We're and now we're talking you. directly to you. Your name's right Ryan. We're talking ears. to you. Hey, Ryan. We don't name names on this podcast, but it's always just like, my therapist, Ryan. Ryan is the name we will always name. <laughs> but today we're talking to all Ryans. All Ryans forever. Hashtag not all Ryans, hashtag except all Ryan. hashtag yes, all Ryans. <laughs> Paul Ryan sucks. Paul Ryan sucks. Paul Ryan's fucking it up for the oh, rest of y'all. Oh, man. But Aaron Gloria Ryan, I love her. Mm. She's a good one. Okay. She's a good Ryan. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as always, um, leave us a review. We have yet to receive a shrimp and unicorn emoji review. Y'all a bunch of slackers. Um, Allie, stop shaming our beautiful, our I, beautiful, you know what? glorious I'm a, listeners. I'm in a fuck you mood, and I'm sorry if the listeners are catching that. But like, if we've listened to the podcast already, Allie Chan is in a fuck you mood. Yeah, she so, is. I'm sorry, guys. So do that, please, maybe. I think you're beautiful. I don't know. Maybe in this review, let us know what you think about like every time we fucking cry on this podcast talking about children and trauma. Oh, we cry about kids a lot. We do cry about kids constantly. Actually, not, we don't cry about kids that much, but when we talk about kids, we always cry. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's really what it is. <laughs> us as kids, kids in general, kids being separated from the parents, kids getting shot at school. Kids getting shot at school, which um, happened again. This, this country surprise, doesn't surprise. care about children. What no the one fuck cares. are we talking about? Um, no one gives no a fuck. One, no one cares. Um, oh, yeah. And if you, wanna, if you do want to call us, our number is 818-LEFT-WET. Yep. Click it in the show notes. 818-533-F. Um, to wet. Twet. <laughs> Twet. <laughs> <laughs> We're at Aaron and Allie on Instagram and Twitter. Yep. Um, <laughs> I haven't been tweeting for us lately, though. I'm, I'm at I'm Allie Twitter Chan on Instagram and Twitter. I'm um, at Aaron the Rye on Instagram and Twitter, but, like, why bother? You can always find me on Venmo as well. Yeah, she's on Venmo. I'm on Venmo, too, but I'm not going to ask for your hard-earned money. I am. Um, I'm going to ask for trauma reparations if my childhood bully um, oh, yeah, is, bully, if is listening. listening to this. Um, it costs Send me approximately $50 for a therapy session. My antidepressants retail for about a hundred and forty dollars um i know you don't know what you did but whatever you feel is approximate for reparations i don't know fucking swing it my way i don't give a shit i literally don't care about you that's refreshing i love that i don't care Mm. good job everyone good job good job surviving good good hustle go you made it to today keep on keeping on keep on keeping on the world is a hellstorm and we wake up every morning every morning um we just keep waking up and if you don't you're dead and rest in peace fam rest in peace fam if you're waking up in the morning you are already doing a great job bless you bless your very heart i'm erin and i'm Allie, and And we we hate everything. everything I'm Erin. And I'm Allie. There was a hornet in my car and wait, what?